Welcome into the Pursuit of Manliness podcast, where we are vigorously equipping men to pursue biblical manliness. My name is Jarrett Samuels. I'm the host of the podcast. As always, men, thank you for taking time checking out the show. If this is your first time coming across the Pursuit of Manliness, I want to say welcome. I'm thankful that you're here. When you get a chance, make sure you visit thepursuitofmanliness.com. There you'll find this podcast, all previous podcast episodes. You can see what's available in the gear store. Sign up for the email newsletter. The email, is new, the email newsletter notifies you of things that are new with Pursuit of Manliness, any specials we're having, or anything I, that I feel like I need you to know about. Um, and the one thing I would say I need you to know about right now is our men's retreat, October 1st and 2nd, here in Indianapolis, Indiana. We have almost 100 men across the country signed up for this. Many of them will be here, but I know there's guys that cannot physically make it for a variety of reasons. Listen, even if you cannot make it to the retreat, I want to encourage you to sign up for this retreat because if you sign up by September 12th, it's just $30. You sign up by September 12th, you get the men's retreat t-shirt, you get the exclusive PVC patch, so the patch with like the, the hook loop uh, Velcro backing on the back. Uh, you get all the streams, so all four sessions are streamed in our closed Facebook group. So you basically get the entire retreat minus the food in, in campfire. So we have four sessions. We have two main sessions where we'll have you know full blown worship and teaching. We have two uh, that are smaller sessions. One will be around the campfire on Friday night. One is over breakfast on Saturday morning. And you get all those streamed in there. And they're in there till you know who knows when. They're in there for a long time, so you don't have to fear like, hey, man, I got to get in there and watch those real quick. And you still get in the community, you still get in that group. So uh, again, just thirty bucks, whether you can get here or not. If you can get here, as you know, or maybe you don't know yet, um, when you sign up, you get an uh, an email with some more information. You get a PDF with some hotels that we recommend. Uh, if you want to stay in a hotel, man, here's three that are close to us that we recommend. There's a lot of guys that are camping out here. I mean, a lot of guys. Now, listen, we're a church that's in town. We don't have a campground. Um, we don't have like a diagram of our, or you know, we have like one shower in the church. God bless y'all. Going to try to fight for that. Um, we have guys that are going to park RVs here, et cetera, camping out of their trucks. Um, some guys are staying with people in the area that they know. So whatever. We just want you to get here, whether you can get here or get online. Um, God is telling a really unique story through this retreat. And uh, I just learned about something last night that I'll probably share as at, on the first night of the retreat, um, a sacrifice that, that uh, some people are making to, to come to this. And I've heard about that um, from a few different people, but I thought this one was really unique. Uh, so just consider that. Is that something you think that you could benefit from? Uh, maybe you take some guys to it. Say, hey, come with me to Indianapolis or, hey, let's all sign up and let's let's sit around and watch this live stream together or whatever. Um, I, I I don't know. Fathers and sons are doing, you know, just a little bit of everything. Guys inviting people from work, uh, whatever. So uh, I want to say this too. It is not going to be overly scheduled. So if you're a guy that needs to know what we're doing when we're doing it, it's, it's going to be a lot of downtime. Yeah, you know, we got, like I said, four scheduled, I'm going to call them sessions. You know, one of them is over food. We have a couple meals. Uh, there's a lot of downtime because I, the, I just believe men want to hang out. Men want to tell stories. We want to cook stuff over a fire. Uh, maybe we'll toss an axe or two. Maybe we'll watch, you know, maybe we'll have a college football game on. I, I don't know. I'm going to let, let y'all do what you want to do. Um, you don't need me dictating what you're going to do. I don't like people telling me what to do. Uh, so it's it's going to be a good weekend. And then a lot of these guys are staying through the weekend, staying for church. So uh, even better. Uh, you know, if you're listening to this, you're like, hey, I thought you were gone for a minute. Um, I had, I had, you know, I was telling some guys the other night, and if you guys asked, uh, I told you what was going on. Um, and thank you for asking, you guys had asked about, hey, where you been? Um, I took a couple week break from podcasting. Actually, I was going to take a month. A couple weeks ago, I just 
was I had a bad attitude. Maybe that's the way to put it. I've tried to word it a few different ways. I had a bad attitude. There were some things going on. Nothing with my marriage. Nothing with my children. Nothing with pursuit of manliness tribe or anchor and sword or anything like that. I just had a bad attitude about some stuff. And I told my wife, it was on a Monday and I was supposed to record a podcast. And I said, I just don't think I'm going to do it today. As a matter of fact, as I was driving from the post office that, that particular day, I thought, I don't know if I'll ever do it again. Or maybe I should just take a month off. So I was kind of back and forth. I feel like, I do feel like God has called me to do this. And you guys that listen and you download and you, you subscribe and you give feedback, um, you affirm that in a lot of different ways. You know, you say, hey, that, that episode or that, you know, you had a question about this or that. Um, I'm not saying God's called me to this forever, but I think there's a conviction laid on my heart, a message that I need to convey. And I felt like in that two-week window, I couldn't have done it accurately. And what I would have said probably would not, it, it, I don't, it wouldn't have been, it wouldn't have been, I don't know if it would have been good. Okay, I'm just going to leave it at that. So, and it was, it, listen, it was, not, again, nothing to do with you guys. So there was no reason for me to get on here and get off fire. You're like, what is, what is going on with this guy? Um, and you just need some perspective. And, and today in particular, I wasn't planning on recording one today necessarily. Um, I went out. I was walking out in the, we have a state park and I was walking in the state park and I sat down, I was reading John nine and I just, I thought, you know what? This is a message I feel like I need to convey. It's something that that I'm working through, but it's something I feel like a lot of guys have to work through. And maybe this is not you. Maybe this is not you. Maybe you are the exception to this. Praise the Lord that you would be the exception to this. But I just want you to consider before I start talking can you define your reality where you're at right now with your past, your present, and your future? I'm not trying to get you in your feelings or anything like that. I want you just to consider your upbringing. And I want you to consider if you have children, you know how you're raising your children, and then that, that moving forward, the, the generations that come after you. Life is a weird thing, right? Like we're, We have a link in this chain somewhere. Sometimes the chains are broken. Sometimes they're messy, sometimes they're rusting out, sometimes they're just not there. And so you're the first link in a chain. Some of you have grabbed onto a chain that's been a strong chain for a long time, and you're just like, what a blessing it is to be a part of this chain. I just link on, and then my kids that come after me or whoever comes after me, I just grab onto that. But I'm finding a lot of guys either are the first link in their chain or they have kind of fallen off a broken, modified chain. And, and let me explain. If you had a healthy upbringing, and this is not dogging on your parents, uh, family, grandparents, you just need to consider it. Because if you never get real about it, you just try to sweep it under a rug. Or you blame. Neither one of those are good. Neither one of those are good. I'm going to sweep under the rug the brokenness and messiness and all the hurt and all the issues. Or I'm just going to blame them. No, you're a grown man. You, you have to. You can't blame people no more. It didn't work in the garden, and it ain't going to work now. So we can't blame people for for those things. And, and I would say it was recently where I I had a moment where I had to really come to terms with with this. And I don't think I'm a hundred percent there yet, but I'm closer. And as I read John nine today, which was not at all what I was considering, you know, not that long ago, I thought, I think I think that's I think that's it. I felt like the Holy Spirit was kind of pulling this curtain back and shining a light on this text. And I thought, you know what? Maybe that's something I need to convey to myself first and then maybe to you guys. And and I say that because, you know how um, on some of your computers they have those sticky notes? I have about a few things typed out on a sticky note on my computer. I don't even have this thing worked out. 
but I'm going to shoot from the hip out of conviction, out of, out of what I felt like God had been laying on my heart. So in John chapter nine, Jesus heals the man born blind. The disciples see him and his disciples said, Rabbi, who sinned this man or, or his parents that he was born blind? You know, big, big inconveniences in life, ailments, physical deals. They believe there was some kind of sin there, right? Now we know that the Old Testament talks about, you know, in, in Deuteronomy 5, 9, basically that God would inv- would visit the iniquity on the parents to the next generation, the next generation, that it's it's ongoing. And that's why I asked you before I started recording this, define your reality. Where are you really at right now? Because I'm going to drill into that if you're willing. We're going to drill into that and we're going to try to expose that. Maybe there's some scars. Maybe there's going to be some fresh bleeding that's taking place. I don't know. Uh, again, I, I just feel like I need to share this. Take it or leave it. Jesus says that it wasn't, uh, it was not this man who sinned or his parents that he, that the works of God might be on display in him. Now, if you had a, a healthy upbringing as as a as a young man or a young girl, I know we have women that listen to this, but we're targeting the guys here. If you had an upbringing in your childhood, whether it was your parents or grandparents, your aunt, and uncle, foster parents, adoptive parents, whoever parent, whoever raised you, we're all raised at some point by somebody. If it was healthy spiritually, emotionally, relationally healthy, or at least trying to be on that spectrum of health, then there's a ton of humility there. There's a ton of humility from the parents. There's a ton of humility from grandparents, aunts, uncles, whoever, and from you as well. Now, we just loved each other, right? There's a lot of love. There's a lot of, you know, like, like it's not perfect, and you know that. There's no home that's perfect. We're not, I'm not, again, I'm not throwing stones at people, but I'm saying if you had a good upbringing, I feel like there's a ton of humility there. If you didn't have a good upbringing, like a, like a broken upbringing, Okay, so you're like, well, there's only two sides, good or bad. I want you to consider this. A broken upbringing, you'd have more manipulation. The love would have been more conditional. Maybe there's different forms of abuse. There's physical abuse. There's emotional abuse. There can be relational abuse when you, you know, you'd say, well, you, you can't see your, your mom no more. Like divorced parents go through this. And uh, maybe there's uh, mental abuse. They just, you know, say things to you that just, you know, just wear you down mentally right? They put, again, conditions on things. So there's different forms of abuse. There's different forms of neglect. There's different forms that you say, well, my, my parents did the best they could. Well, absolutely. Again, I'm not, I'm not Dr. Phil here, but you have to be honest with where you're at. You don't need to bring mom and dad in the room to have this conversation. You can have this conversation between you and God right now. And again, I'm not trying to sweep anything under the rug and we're not trying to blame anyone. You have to be honest. You have to be honest with where you're at. So Jesus goes over to the guy and he heals him. Having said this, he spit on the ground. He made uh, mud with saliva. Then he anointed the man's eyes with mud and the, the guy came back seeing. Jesus says, you know what? Go, 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 go take care of yourself. Go do the, 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 go and show them that you are now healed, right? So this guy goes and he's, he was blind. He's been blind for his whole life. And now he sees. You ever had a moment like that? Have you ever had a moment where you were blind to something in your life for your whole life? And all of a sudden you're like, it's as if a divine light was shined on that. It's as if the sun broke through the clouds and it lit up this this thing, this area, this realization in my life. It's like it happened for the very first time. Have you ever had that? Because this guy did. And so this guy's fired up. He's going to go show that he is healed. I said, hey, how are your eyes open? 
I mean, this guy's eyes are open for no time at all, and he encounters some of the most miserable people on the planet. The man called Jesus, made mud, anointed my eyes, and said to me, go to Siloam and wash. So I went and washed and received my sight. Now, the, this accusation is going to continue for a while. You're saying, then what does this have to do with our upbringing? Well, let's go to this. They went and they talked to his parents. They went and they said to the parents, listen, is this your son who you say was born blind? How then does he now see? His parents answered, we know that this is our son and that he was born blind, but how he now sees, we don't know, nor do we know who opened his eyes. You see, there was a fear in them. The fear was if we profess Jesus being the Christ, the Messiah, the anointed one, if we profess that Jesus is bigger than these guys, we're out. We have a social standing that we are attempting to uphold. Now, I know that would never happen in your home, that you have a perception that you're trying to uphold to the neighbors or to the people at church or to the guys at work. I know that would never happen, but for them, it did. So it might be hard for some of you guys to understand that. I don't think it is. His parents said these things because they feared the Jews, for the Jews had already agreed that if anyone should confess Jesus to be the Christ, he was to be put out of the synagogue. Now, this is important here. Therefore, his parents said, He's of age. Ask him. Hey, thanks. That sound you just heard coming down the road, that was the bus that his parents threw him under. His parents said, we're not helping him. We're not getting involved in this. We're not jumping in this. Forget the fact that they have a son who's who's blind and now he sees. I've shared this before. Years ago when I met what was my girlfriend at the time and now is my wife, she worked at the Lions Camp of Illinois. And that was for the hearing and visually impaired children. And because I did not know how to sign, I was only there because I really liked, you know, like the, the codeine, uh, which was her. I went there for her. I can't believe I did that. So I go to this thing and they, they stick, they stick me with all the blind kids because I couldn't sign. And so the deaf kids are looking at me like, you're, you're no help at all. So I had all the blind kids. Now, listen, I, 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 you guys know, you know my heart, hopefully. I, I would say a kid who's blind has far greater challenges than the kids who are, who are deaf. They both have great challenges, okay? And I'm not minimizing either one of them. It's different. It's different. You can say, well, in communication-wise, the, uh, the, the, the deaf child may have an advantage over the blind child. Listen, I'm not getting into semantics here. What I saw in that was, you know, the running into things and not understanding colors and not, from my perspective, the kids that I worked with, just the kids that I worked with, my heart really broke for those blind kids. Real, the things I took for granted, being able to see my girlfriend walk across the room and make my heart skip a beat. They don't, they don't get that, Right. To be able to see the food that was out on display, whether it was it was at camp, so maybe it was better not to see it. But the food that was on display, or when we made you know meals over the campfire, or whatever, like they didn't get to see, they didn't really get to grasp what was going on there. And these parents have a, a son, a man, who's been blind his whole life, and now he sees, and they're like, "No, we're not in on it. We don't want any part of it." Why is that important? Because I know there are men who are waiting for their father to tell them, "I'm proud of you." You've grown up into a really good man. You've grown up into a, a good man of God. You, you, you love your wife the way that we're supposed to love our wives. You know what? You go to work with a work ethic that is admirable. You know what? 
I maybe not have told you this, but I used to go to work and I used to brag on you to my, my coworkers. I used to tell them what you, there are men, I know this. There are men who long for that and they're never going to get it. Because some of those guys aren't on this planet no more. And what you're doing is you're chasing validation, affirmation from the wrong source. You're never going to get it. If this guy, if this blind man needed his parents to take defense for him, it wasn't going to happen. They said, no, the risk is too high. For some parents, they just can't admit that they did anything wrong. I say that as a dad who has apologized to his kids on multiple occasions and his, and his bride, multiple occasions. I said, man, in that, that, that season of your life, I, I wasn't present. I was focused on this. The other night, I got real upset at my son. It was ridiculous on my part. And I just thought, you acted just like the way that you did not want to act. <laughs> and I sat downstairs and I was, I was throwing a little, you know, pouty fit because I was mad. I was mad about why I had, I was mad that I got mad. And then I was mad that I looked bad getting mad. And I thought, you know what? There's an eight-year-old kid upstairs in bed and he's fixing on going to sleep. That ain't how I want this night to go. And I went upstairs and I said, listen, it was wrong of me to get upset at you like that. I don't want you disrespecting me, but I can't talk to you that way. It's wrong of me to act that way. It was wrong of me to yell like that. Will you forgive me? Now, that didn't make everything go away. I mean, he's not lording it over me. Don't, 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 don't misunderstand what I'm trying to say here. I'm, not, I, I, I'm, I'm, the, I'm the spiritual leader. I'm the father of the house, but I don't need to tell him that. I need to show him that. Because I just think someday he's going to get upset at some point at his wife or his kids or something. Maybe, maybe, maybe he'll model that. Or maybe he won't even have to act like a child like I did. Maybe he won't have to act like a, a grown man throwing a little pouty fit, feeling sorry for himself. I had to go upstairs. The whole family's up there now. They all know I've already blown it. And I'm doing the walk of shame because it's worth it. Because his heart is worth it. His heart is worth it. My daughter's hearts are worth it. Telling them, I'm sorry that I sucked in that area. I'm sorry that I was a miserable father. I'm sorry that I was a pathetic husband. I'm sorry that I was a hypocrite. I'm sorry that I blew it because I took the crap that happened out in the driveway or down the street or in my cell phone and I brought that junk into my house. I'm sorry that I did that. You deserve better. And I'm going to try to get it. You see, what happens here is this, this guy sees this and it doesn't make his problems go away. You can identify your stuff in your life. It ain't going to make your problems go away. The Jews are going to keep leaning into them. They're going to keep wearing them down. And to the point the guy says, man, I keep telling you the same story. Do you want to be his disciples too? And they're offended by that. You're his disciple. We're di I want to be a disciple of Jesus. I want to be a disciple of Jesus. He said this. I mean, I'm looking for it right now. I told you I had no notes on this, right? In verse verse uh, 28, and they were they reviled him saying, you are his disciple. We are a disciple of Moses. Well, if I have to go with a side, I'm going with the Jesus side. We know that God does not listen to sinners. But if anyone is a worshiper of God and does his will, God listens to him. What? Listen, man, that's what, that's what unhealthy people do. They start throwing out these bizarre fights bizarre arguments the guy stays on jesus man i pray that god would help me stay on jesus eventually the guy encounters jesus jesus heard they cast him out having found him said do you believe in the son of man he said sir who is he that i can believe jesus said to him you have seen him 
And is he who is speaking to you? And he said, Lord, I believe. And he worshiped him. And he worshiped him. The only one that can restore you is Jesus. And I say that to the guy who's, who's wrestling with how real does he want to be about his reality right now. And I know, I know there's guys who have blown it with their wife. I know there's guys who have blown it with their children. I know there's guys that carry the scars and brokenness of their father, their mother, their grandparents. Their, I, I know it. And you, because you know it. Because some of you guys are listening right now. You know it. You say, well, at least I wasn't as... Is that the standard? Is that the mile marker? The only one who can really open your eyes and restore you is Jesus. And he doesn't open your eyes and restore you to sweep the problems under the rug or to have you blame someone. He opens your eyes and restores you to walk in a brand new life. Maybe you're the first link in that chain. You say, you know what? (laughs) I have to start my own chain. I have to start my own chain because I I don't want to be a grandpa watching his grandkids go through things that I know that I didn't repent of and here my kids or my my son-in-laws, daughter-in-laws, whoever, they're all repeating it. I, I don't want to be that. I don't want to be that. You see, when when we understand who Jesus is, and some of you don't understand who Jesus is, when you get the biblical understanding of who Jesus is, you get him from Scripture. When you realize how real he is and what that means for you, when you realize the, what he can do in your life, not only opening, opening your physical eyes, but opening your spiritual eyes, man, don't we desperately need that? Don't we desperately need that? Jesus, open my spiritual eyes. And we move from belief to worship. Worship moves us to a new story. See, I don't want to get I don't want to just get some Jesus so I can feel better about myself, give myself an excuse of what I'm going to do on Sundays and do some some Christian things. I I need Jesus to to do something in me that moves my heart to worship. Like a man of God. That I don't care what other people think about my worship. That I don't care what other people think about what I believe or I don't need to convince them. I need to worship. That's what Jesus wanted this guy to do. He wanted him to surrender to him and worship. This guy was made whole. He was made new again only by Jesus. You can't try harder. You can't read more books. You can get all the coaches. You can get all the mentors. You can get all the whoever's you want. Only Jesus is really going to change you. Only Jesus is really going to change you. And don't we all have people in our life who need us to understand this? Didn't my son need a father who would just be utterly humbled by the Holy Spirit to come up and redeem that moment. Now, I can't go back and live like I can't keep living like that. I need to walk in a new life. I need Jesus to open my spiritual eyes. And I'm going to venture to say you might too. You might need that as well. And guys, we want to help with that. If you need, if you're willing to be real 
I know there's some guys that think it's magically going to get better. Their marriage is going to get better. Your 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 kids are going to start loving you more and all that by you not doing anything different. You're delusional. That is never going to happen. I don't, that's, that's just not going to happen. But those guys who are willing to be real, willing to be honest, taking an honest assessment about where I'm at, what does my upbringing, what does my past, what does my whatever I brought into this, how is it affecting my marriage? How is it affecting my children? How is it going to affect my grandchildren, my great-grandchildren? How will it affect them? Or do I need to write a brand new story? You see, we're all born into brokenness. It just comes down to who you're going to allow to fix it. And is Jesus really fixing that story? Or are you trying to fix it? Because if you try to fix it, it ain't going to last. That ain't going to work. Men, that's all I got. I appreciate you guys listening. I appreciate you guys that that reached out or that do reach out. I appreciate you guys that subscribe. Um, I'm fired up about the guys that are that have signed up for the men's retreat. Uh, I'm thankful for the guys that signed up for the email newsletter. I saw the, the number of guys that had subscribed to that recently, and I'm just humbled by that. Um, and we're just, we really are. We're really trying to build better men together. And we do that by raising the standard of what it means to be a man of God in our life. We have to be the standard bearer. We can't take the baton and just walk around the track, mosey around, you know, easily distracted, and then wonder why the next generation doesn't pick it up and run with it. We have to be intentional with it. We have to let them know we're being intentional with it. And then one of the best ways of doing that is get with other men, other good Christian men, and then ch- challenge yourself, have them challenge you if you need to, to raise that standard in your life. You guys, thanks for listening. Make sure you sign up for that retreat, and let's keep pursuing biblical manliness. Mm-hmm.